Heavenly Father, God, we need you every hour, every second, every minute, God. Oh, Lord, life just has no meaning outside of you, God. We would just be existing, Lord. God, you give life its meaning, God, joy, happiness, life. All of it comes from you, God. God, since we've come to know you truly, Lord, our life is no longer the same, God. We have been changed through knowing you by your spirit that you put inside of us, God. God, we want more of you, Lord. God, we love you so, so, so much, God. You are a source. You are a light. When we're broken and need someone to talk to, you are there. We need encouragement. You are there, God. When we're crying, Lord God, you are there and strengthening us and encouraging us, pointing us to your promises, which are so many, God, all of your promises. God, that you have loved us These Gentile people who were not looking for you, but serving our own self, making ourselves God, you came down and removed the blinders, Father. You removed the blinders in your grace and mercy and opened our eyes and brought us to a new reality. You showed us how you are King, you are Lord. All things come from your hand. You are the most loving. You are the most kind. You are, God. Thank you for showing us and opening our eyes. You showed mercy to us, God, even when we weren't even seeking you and going after you. We thank you for being who you are. We, th we, we thank you for just being love itself. God, we come to your word right now, Lord. Wanting to stand in all of you, looking for your word to illumine something inside of us, God, that we just get another glimpse of you, that we see something that we didn't before, God, in you. Oh God, overwhelm us with your grace by showing us your word. Help us, give us eyes to see, God, your, the beauty of who you are through your scriptures, Lord. Have your way, God. Amen. Body of Christ, I uh, must confess, um, I was working on my you know, we're in Ephesians, right? And so I was working on that, but then the corona thing really just went into full gear and like you're hearing people in panic and worry and fear and and I don't want to be those pastor who lives on a total different planet where all of his congregation recognizes what's going on. You're just constantly preaching to the same uh whatever it is, and just kind of ignoring what's happening in the world. 
And so, um, I wanted today just to encourage us from the scriptures to not be fearful, to not be anxious. And for some reason, I don't know if, if it was because there's just so many scriptures to pull from, but this was a, a real struggle for me. Um, started working on something and didn't complete it. Then I got up early this morning <laughs> and started working. Same text, came with something different. Didn't complete that either. And so I don't have any notes, nothing. Um, so I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> um, no. But I want to just really just look at God's word together and I want us to pray afterwards. We need prayer. We need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for other believers who are believers, but they may be struggling in this area right now. So let's just go on the text. And um, oh, the text today will be Second Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll look at verse 3. We'll go all the way down to verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 3 to 9. Paul writing to the church at Corinth. We hear Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three. And the word of God reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comforting is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our suffering, so also you are sharers of our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. I'll just read 10 because it's good. Who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. Stop there. So as I was thinking about what's happening now in society, this corona, the corona fears, the COVID-19 fears, 
I realize that's what it is. It's, it's fear. And we have many people in the world are just fearful because for many people in the world, this life is, that's all there is for them. There is no life after the grave and Corona threatens that. It threatens it. It's going to take them to a place that they are scared of. For them, it's the unknown. And so fear is the thing that, that has gripped our nation. And in times of fear, it's always good to find comfort in something, right? Because what, what I notice with comfort, comfort counteracts fear. And what I mean by that is, when you look in this text here, verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions. I'm noticing how God is not saying that we as believers, because we are followers of Christ, will not have afflictions. Paul's not encouraging the, the Corinthians here. To, he's not telling them that you're, because you are in Christ, no afflictions, no trials and tribulations are going to come upon you. That's not what he's saying in this text. But he's saying that God will comfort you in that affliction. Meaning you still will have to go through. Meaning that Christians are not immune to diseases. Meaning that Christians are not immune to covert 19. Christians are not immune to cancer. Christians are not immune to diabetes. Christians are not immune to any of the diseases that the sons of men get. We're not exempt. But the thing that we get that the sons of men don't get or mankind doesn't get is we get the comfort of God. Now, if you notice in the text, verse 3 Paul states that all comfort, that our, he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Notice that all comfort, meaning that all comfort in all of life has its origin or foundation in God, even for the unbeliever. All comfort originates in God. Just like with, for example, love, right? Love originates in God. It comes from God. Guess what? Unbelievers get to share in love, right? They get to experience love. They get to know love. They get to feel love. That's the same thing with comfort. Because of God's common grace, even the unbeliever gets to feel comfort. It's common grace. But we as believers, we don't just get common grace. We just don't get the common comfort that the unbeliever gets. But Paul says we get the comfort that comes from God. It's a special comfort. And we know it's a special comfort because Paul says in verse 5, we'll go back to the others, but he says in verse 5, just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. So there's a special comfort that we receive just by being in Christ. So that makes our comfort a little bit different. And that comfort goes by the name of the Holy Spirit. 
That's the comforter that the believer gets, that the believer has, that the unbeliever doesn't share in. Yes, the unbeliever gets the, the common grace comfort that all people get, but we as followers of Christ, we as heirs of God, we get something a little bit special. Yes, we get the sufferings of Christ because as we follow Christ, we know that as we follow righteousness, the kingdom of darkness will attack. But Paul says, yes, we get the sufferings, but we also get the abundance of comfort through Christ. And here's the thing about comfort. Comfort doesn't mean that God is going to change the situation. Comfort means that God is going to change your perspective and your outlook on a situation so that you can endure it and bear it. That's the difference of comfort. And that's what we get. See, God allows us to go through situations and he provides us comfort to go through it, but he doesn't necessarily change the situation. Sometimes God would not take that burden off of you, but he'll provide you the comfort and the strength to bear up under what you're dealing with. Think about a kid, for example, a kid who's scared at night. He's scared at night and he's in his room by himself and he can't sleep. And the mom and dad, to comfort this child, what do they do? They go into his room and they give him a nightlight or they give him, his, or him or her their favorite blanket. Now that kid's situation hasn't changed much. They're still in the same room. It's still dark. It's a little light from a nightlight. They're still in the same room, but they have their blanket now. See, the situation hasn't changed, but they can sleep now because they've been comforted by what their parents have given them. See, that's, that's what comfort does. It, it doesn't necessarily change our situation. Covert 19 is out there, but because we know we serve the true and living God and have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we are comforted. It reminds me of Psalms 23. Psalms 23, 4. When it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, valley of the shadow of death. He says he's not going to fear any evil because he knows that God is with him. And if you look at the text, what he says, he says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now notice in that text, the psalmist is still walking through the valley. That hasn't changed. He's still going through the valley. There's still maybe robbers around. He's, he's still going through the dark place. But he finds comfort because he knows that his shepherd is with him. The same shepherd that took him through the, the green meadows and by the, by the water that was smoothing and smooth and soothing and smooth. That same shepherd is now walking with him and he says he, he looks up and he sees that the shepherd has his rod and his staff and he says, that comforts me. So he's still going through the valley. They're still going through the cancer. You're still going through the diagnosis. You're still going through the therapy. But the, the difference is, is you know that your shepherd is with you and you are comforted by the tools that he has because you know that he has all power in his hands and that provides us a comfort. And so Paul is speaking of comfort to these Corinthians. He's telling them that the God of all comfort, he comforts us in our affliction. Now the beautiful thing about what Paul is saying here about our affliction and our comfort, he says that 
And four, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort we ourselves are comforted by God. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying that God allows us to go through affliction. He allows us to go through trials to experience his comfort so in turn, we can go and comfort the next brother or sister who's going through the same thing. So that means that none of our trials that we go through, the covert 19 situations, the situations in our life, none of those are wasted. But just tell us that God is going to use that. He's going to provide you with comfort so that when that next brother or sister comes along and is going through the same affliction, the same suffering that you dealt with, you will know how to comfort them. So that means none of your trials are a waste. So that means that this situation that we're dealing with right here with this COVID-19 and people are fearing, none of this is a waste. That God will use it. See, there are many people, for example, who have faced the national disaster before. Some people, I don't think there's none in here. Um, you've dealt with the Cuban Missile Crisis, for example. That was a time when America was on alert. They were going through a major difficulty and there was a threat to the existence of America because there was going to be a, a major war going on with missiles. Others in general, past generations dealt with the Cold War and there was this threat of the Soviets and there was always this threat to our existence that may come along. Um, others you've seen the assassination of presidents. You've seen riots happen in America where people wondered how we were going to survive as a nation. Will we get through it? You even look more recently. We had 9-11, right? People were wondering. They were in fear and, and, and they were wondering how we we're going to get through it. See, God allowed us to go through all of those situations and we're still standing and all of those situations can be used and should be used for you to encourage your brother and sister and how you made it through those situations. So that's why what we're dealing with right now, we've been here before in many ways. You and past generations, you've been here before. And so we should be using these experiences and telling people news about God and providing them comfort just as God comforted us in those situations. So, and, and, and that is what Paul is showing us here in this text. That is how he's encouraging these Corinthians. He's reminding them that the situation that you're dealing with, God is going to use that so that you can go and comfort your brother. So we got to step back when we're dealing with trials and afflictions. We can't get so mad at them and wondering why. God is at work here. You ever seen those signs where you're driving on a ward? Men at work. God is at work here, even in our trials and affliction. God allows us to go through trials in order that he may strengthen others. And so as you keep looking in this text, Paul is going through and he's, he's trying to encourage these Corinthians how to endure suffering. And, and he says the same thing that we just talked about here in verse 6. He says, but if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in a patient enduring of the same suffering, which we also 
suffer. So he's saying the same things. We're afflicted. God is afflicting us so that we can go ahead and comfort you when you endure the same afflictions for Christ. Because as Paul was dealing with different trials, as he went throughout the old um, ancient world, Paul knows that the Corinthians are also going to endure the same trials. Paul knows that they're going to be pressed up against the same situations. And, and not just Paul knew, but God knew. So Paul, God allows Paul to go through this trial ahead of the Corinthians so that they can go and be comforted by what he went through. See, for a lot of us, God is allowing us to go ahead of other people. He's allowing us to experience the trials, to go ahead like Paul does, so we can go and provide the comfort to them who are coming after us. So in many ways, Paul was a forerunner. He's going through and he's experiencing all these different things that the church is going to endure. And so now he can speak to and provide the comfort that they need. So Paul here is showing us that he was a type of forerunner to give them hope to endure the trials that were coming their way. Now, I want to show you how in Paul, and again, I'm not just going to go verse for verse, but I just want to go to different things. Again, we're kind of going all over here. But I want to show you something how Paul, he gives him an, uh, an example of this same suffering that he's enduring. And he's going to show us how this suffering that he's enduring was for the sake of these Corinthians. And that's in verse 8. So the Corinthians are going through these trials and Paul is going to say that because I'm going through these trials and I know you're going to go through these trials, I want to show you and I want to let you in on exactly what's happening in my life so that you can be encouraged. And that gives us something that we should also think on. Oftentimes, as in our Christian walk, we go through trials and sometimes we're quiet about those trials. Sometimes we don't share those trials. Yes, I get it because we have embarrassment in certain situations and, and we don't want to put it out there. But I love how Paul, he's going to let them in on some deep secrets, on some deep things that he has faced as a Christian. Some things that I'm saying, wow, this is you, Paul. And I'm encouraged by that because that is something that we need to do as a body. We need to be not afraid to open our lives and be an open book to our brothers and sisters so they can know what trials we went through, what mistakes happened, so that they can be comforted and learn from what we have dealt with. So Paul says here in, in verse 8, he says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia. So he's going to bring them on what happened to him in Asia. And he says that we were burdened excessively beyond strength so that we even so that we despaired even of life now think about that this is the great apostle paul this is the great apostle paul who's wrote most of the new testament who's this big bold christian for christ but paul has been put in this situation that is beyond him he says i have been afflicted beyond measure burdened beyond his own natural strength to the point that where paul the great paul says that I despaired even life itself. Think about that. This is Paul talking. This word despair means to lose utter hope. It means to have no hope. So Paul is saying, I despaired even of life. So the situation must have been really bad. The situation had to be really dire where Paul says that we despaired of even life and that we had the sentence of death within ourselves. It was like we have been sentenced to death. That is the situation that Paul is dealing with. 
Paul has a situation where he feels like it's over. He is, he is beaten. He's been stretched and he is in despair of even life. And so he says, we had the sentence of death within ourselves. But the beauty of this verse is that he says this. And I, uh, this is where my note would have came in handy. Does anybody have the ESV version of the Bible? No ESV? Because <laughs> the way that it translates here is not as clear as it does. Verse um, 9. Um, it says, Indeed we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raised the dead. The dead. Amen. Amen. So that's it. So Paul is in a situation again. He's at this point where he's despairing of even life. He has the senses of death within himself. He feels like he's been sentenced to death, that he's going to die. But he says that this happened. They, he was placed in a situation. God allowed it in his sovereignty in order to teach Paul not to trust in himself, but in God who raises the dead. So God allowed Paul to go through this situation, to be challenged. Why? So God could burn out the impurities of self-sufficiency. See, this trial act as a, a type of furnace. You know how, 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 how metals are purified as they go through the fire? All of the impurities are burnt off. God allowed Paul to go in the midst of this fire so that the impurities of self-sufficiency and self-reliance would burn off and that Paul would have his full trust in God. Do you see what's happening there? And that is something that I see what's happening right now, even with this coronavirus. It, it, it's, it, this fear, it's causing us to learn to look from ourselves now and to look towards God because we realize there's nothing in ourselves that we can do to change the situation. See, Paul's situation that he was dealing with was the perils of death. That was a situation that he, God had put him in where he couldn't even change the situation at all himself. And so because of that situation, he learned to not look to himself but to look to God who can do the thing that is impossible, which is to raise the dead. And if God could raise the dead, then we know that he can overcome any other thing that we face. So the way that Paul was comforted in his situation of peril was by looking not to himself, but looking to God and understanding that God is all powerful and God has all power in his hands so that even if I die, I know that my God can raise the dead. And that is something that we should find our comfort in here in dealing with this coronavirus. We know that the God that we serve has power to resurrect the dead. We know that the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, has overcome death. And if he has overcome that, we know that we can overcome anything that we face. And so that is where Paul was comforted. He was comforted not in himself, but he was comforted as he was reminded of God's power to raise the dead. That is where we want to find ourselves, brothers, in the midst of this trial, in the midst of not knowing what's going on. We want to look away from ourselves. We want to look to the God who has all power in his hand. We want to look to the God who has already shown and demonstrated his power over death. And if he has already defeated one of our greatest enemy, which is death, then we know we can overcome disease. And we know we can overcome what we're dealing with here. Why? Because he has already defeated one of our greatest enemies. And that is what Paul is encouraged by. And so now Paul is using his same circumstance that he's went through to now encourage the Corinthians in the same thing. 
That you, Corinthians, yes, you may be going through trials. Yes, you may be going through a difficult situation, but you need to look to the God who has power to resurrect the dead. You need to look to the God who's already demonstrated his power in your life. That is where we find our comfort, brothers and sisters. Yes, we want to pay attention and hear what they're saying in the news. Yes, we want to pray that they come up with a vaccination and a cure. Yes, we want all of those things. But our our ultimate hope and our ultimate trust has to be in God. Understanding that God's will is good, regardless of the situation that may come. Should we die? Should we uh, contract anything? We understand that the God that we serve in has power over the grave. He has the power to resurrect. And so that is where we should keep our focus. Yes, the things happening out there, the things we're reading in headlines, yes, they're there, but this is where our mind has to be. So this is why it's so vital that in this situation, my brothers and sisters, that you are constantly standing your word and putting your mind on the things above and in the power of God. Not in the power of man. Not in the power of man's fear, but in the power of God. Now, I want to show you um, something else here in in Corinthians that I was really encouraged by, um, that I hope that you can be encouraged by. With this coronavirus, we're encouraged by, like the CDC, to um, limit our interaction with individuals, right? And should it be God's will, in God's will, that one of us contract this coronavirus? Um, you're required to be quarantined for like 14 days. So that's if you contract it. But outside of contracting it, the CDC, they're encouraging, they call it social distancing, I think it is. And they're encouraging people to stay away from large gatherings and to really stay in isolation. And I'm saying all that to say that society's gonna be really isolated for the next couple of months. And one of the best ways that you can go by and encourage your brother or sister is to be checking up on them, is to make yourself uh, a presence in their lives. I know we can't go and be with them physically and personally, but that's something that we're going to have to be mindful of because we're going to be in isolation. My company right now, we're not even working. Um, Everybody's going to be working from home. The kids' schools are closed uh, for the next month. Baseball things, my son's baseball league is closed. Everybody's going to be staying in isolation, and isolation can be dangerous to people. And so this is where I, I, I see how practically how we can be a witness for God in this situation that we're dealing in. It's by constantly being a presence in people's lives, not physically, but constantly checking up on people. And through that, we can also provide a sort of comfort. And, and, I'm, and I'm drawing that from this place that I want to show you in the text. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I want to show you something here that really just blew me away. And I want to just show you the importance of your presence and how checking up on people can be such a comfort in this time of peril and tribulation. Let 
And what we're going to look at here, we're going to look at the relationship between Paul and Titus. I don't know if you've ever really looked at the relationship between Paul and Titus, but it's such a lovely, beautiful thing of brotherly love that your heart will melt. So look at chapter 7, verse 5, and you'll see what I mean and how our presence, just being around people, our calling and checking up on them, can be around them, can provide comfort in these moments of great fear, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. The word of God says, for when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were afflicted on every side. Conflicts without and fears within. So Paul is in Macedonia and on the outside, he has people persecuting him. He has people coming after him. But also on the inside, Paul has these eternal conflicts, these eternal things that he's dealing with. So just like some of you and I, we have things that's going on on the outside, but there's also some conflict that's happening on the inside that he's dealing with. So Paul has conflict on the outside and the inside. Look what verse 6 says. But God who comforts the, my text says, the depressed, comforted us by the coming of who? Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the coming with which he was comforted in you as he reported to us your longing, your zeal, I mean your mourning, your zeal for me so that I rejoice even the more. So Paul is in a situation here in five where he's in Macedonia and he's, and he's really down. Um, he has conflicts all over internally and outside. And he says that God comforts him. How? By the coming of his brother Titus. Just the, the presence of Titus coming around Paul, it does something where Paul is comforted and cheered up just by his brother's sheer presence. Now, now you can see the, why this was such a big deal to Paul when I take you back to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Go back to chapter 2 in 2 Corinthians. You'll see why he was so comforted by Titus. I know this is more like a Bible study, but I told you this is just kind of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. I want, I want you to see this, why Paul was so comforted by Titus. He says, now when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord, this will blow your mind, because this blew my mind. I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. That blows me away. Does that blow anybody away? That blows me away because this is the Apostle Paul talking. The Apostle Paul is an evangelist. The Apostle Paul lives for an open door to share the gospel. Right? This is what Paul lives for. This is, what, this is Paul's mission. This is what Paul is about. But what does the text say here? A door was open for Paul to share the gospel in Macedonia. He said, a door was open for me, but he had no rest in his spirit despite this door being open. Why? Why did he not have any rest in his spirit despite this door of sharing the gospel being open? What does he say here? I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. Do you, do you see what's happening here? This, this love that Paul has. Paul is looking for Titus. He, he's around there looking for Titus. And even though this door is open, Titus is not there. So Paul has this, this he has no rest in his spirit. And so that is why when we come to verse chapter 7, 
why he finds the comfort when Titus shows up. Why? Because he's been looking for Titus. Titus was a brother in the faith, but Titus also was his son in the faith. Paul was Titus's father in the faith. And so he, he's looking for Titus. And when he sees Titus's presence, when he, when he sees the one that he's looking for, what does the text say? He is comforted just by his coming. And that's what I mean, my brothers and sisters, in the midst of this peril of us being in isolation, your presence will matter. Not your physical presence, I keep saying that, but you checking up on people, you doing FaceTime with your brothers and sisters. Guess what? You have brothers and sisters who are not as strong as you. Let's just be, let's, that's just the facts. They're struggling with this corona thing. They're in their house in isolation. They may be worried. They may not understand what you're understanding. That's why it's so important for us to be checking up on our brothers and sisters in this time. Checking up on them, being a presence on the phone and FaceTime with them so that we can warm their hearts and give them words of encouragement. See, Paul was encouraged just by saying his brother Titus here. I'm debating if I want to bring this up. The question I was going to ask, I guess we'll just go there since we're kind of free going with it. You see this love that Paul has for Titus. I wonder if, do we have the same love for one another here? This is a man that is truly in love with his brother. He hasn't seen him, and when he sees him, he is so comforted just by his pure presence. A few weeks ago, when Sister Judy was absent for a while, you guys recall, I said, Sister Judy, I'm so happy to see you. And I meant that because I haven't seen her in a while. My heart really missed her. But I wonder, do we feel like that for one another? Do we truly love one another where if one of us were gone for a time, would our hearts really be broken? I know we feel like that for me young, but what about your brothers and sisters in here? Do you have such a bond where when they're not around and you're not seeing their presence, you're like Paul, where your spirit is kind of not right because I want to be around my brothers and sisters in Christ. See, this is why Christians, truth of the matter, we can't be church hoppers. Church hopping should be so hard because you should be so connected with a body of believers that when you leave, it's like you're tearing a part of you. That's why church hopping should be the hardest thing in the world. Why? Because your heart is for the people. So when I read Titus and Timothy and I see this relationship, I just wonder, do we have that? Are we striving for that to where when we see our brothers and sisters, just their pure presence, it provides us a sort of comfort. So I know that's total off tangent, but uh, I'm going on tangent. But I wanted to bring that here because when I read that and I see that with Paul and Titus, it makes me wonder. So Paul is comforted, one, in verse, um, let's get back to seven. So Paul is comforted, it says, by the coming of Titus. But Paul says in verse 7 that he's not only comforted by Titus in his presence. He says, 
but also by the comfort for which he was comforted in you as he reported to us your longing, your mourning, and your zeal for me. What Paul is talking about here is that prior to Titus's coming, Paul had wrote a harsh letter to the Corinthians. It's called 1 Corinthians. And Paul was wondering if he was too hard on his children. Just like some of us as parents, when we, we dis discipline our child, we are wondering, did, did I talk too loud? Was I too mean? Was I too harsh? I, did I say the wrong thing? So, so Paul has the same thoughts and feelings inside of him about his letter to the Corinthians, which is why Paul says that he had these conflicts within. See, part of the affliction that Paul had within was his concern for the church. See, he had the things on the outside that was coming after him, like being chased down and persecuted and stoned. But Paul also had his eternal things that he was dealing with when it came to the church because Paul was a man that always had the church on his heart. He was always thinking about the church, always thinking about the body. And so he had this internal conflict um, with the Corinthians because he was wondering if the letter that he sent to them was too harsh. He was wondering if maybe it pushed him away or, or maybe um, they're no longer going to follow Christ. So Paul has this conflict. This, this conflict that's going on inside of him but when Timothy shows up Timothy shows up with this good report he shows up with this good report by saying Paul no they don't hate you Paul no Paul they actually love you Paul no Paul they are actually mourning for you Paul because they can't see you but but no Paul they they actually have this zeal for you and so Paul says that I re rejoiced all the more because he thought that this his children that he had brought up in the faith were no longer going to love him and be about him but no Timothy Titus comes I'm sorry Titus comes and brings him good news and so Paul says that he rejoices all the more now, I brought us here for the same pur for this purpose, the purpose of this. In the midst of this corona epidemic and virus, we need to be Tituses to our brothers and sisters. We need to, one, go there and encourage them and remind them that we are still here. And just like Titus came to Paul with good news, reminding him that he is loved by the Corinthians, that the Corinthians mourned for him, we also got to go to our brothers and sisters and people in the world and bring them good news just as well. Just like Titus was doing to Paul, we need to remind our brothers and sisters that you are loved of God and God has kept you and God will see you through. See, we, just like Titus, we show up with our, to our brothers and sisters with a good report telling them good news of good things. And not only just our brothers and sisters, but we also do this to people in the world. Because we got people, we got co-workers, we got friends that will also be in this isolation. And we must also show up to comfort them and just like Titus, provide them with good news. We tell them about the God who is God over all things. We tell them about the God who's sovereign even over this epidemic. We tell them about the God who has power over death to overcome even if we should die from a disease. We tell them about the resurrection. We tell them about Jesus. We just like Titus, we go and we present them with good news, a good report. So we can learn from our brother Titus. We learn from our brother Paul to share our afflictions. We learn to comfort others by, with the comfort that we have received from God. These are all the things that we must do in the midst of this tough time here in America through this epidemic. 
But ultimately, we ourselves must look to God, understanding that he is more powerful than any disease that we are facing. He's already proved it by showing his power over death. He's already done it by resurrecting Jesus from the dead. Our hope is already solid in Christ. And that is the comfort that we rest in. And that is the news that we must go forward and share with our brothers and sisters to remind them and the people in the world who doesn't, doesn't even know, never heard this good news. So with that said, let us now, let's just go into prayer. Let's go into prayer for our brothers and sisters who are really fearful, who are forgetting of the gospel, who are not aware or who are just forgetting and just need to be reminded. Let's pray for them. Um, let's pray for the different churches that they can use this moment to just be a witness for Christ, to share the gospel with the different people. I was on the call this weekend with um, my company. It's like 20, 30 people on the call and people were so worried. There was one guy who got on the phone and he interrupted our boss and was just like, guys, we gotta do this. I mean, he was so concerned. People are concerned about this. So we can't take it light. Yes, we are not, but we don't want to dismiss people's feelings. We want to be aware of that and love. We want to come along them. And like Titus, we want to share with them good news. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for reminding us of your truths in the scripture. That you are a good God that you are sovereign over all things. You're sovereign over diseases. You're sovereign over calamities. You're sovereign over tragedies and triumphs, the good and the bad, all the things we deal with. All things will work in accordance with your will. We know that all things are headed towards um, heaven and earth being united under the headship of Christ. And so we thank you for being in control that even when this world feels out of control, you are so in control. God, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters right now who are scared, who are forgetting the gospel, who are not looking to you and your word. Oh God, I pray for their faith, Lord, that they're reminded. If it's through direct revelation or through a brother or a sister, God, who goes and comforts them and encourages them, God, I pray for that, my brother or sister, Lord, who's really fearful, God. Lord, that they're reminded of the hope that they have in you. God, remind them of your great triumphs. Oh, Lord God, let them go through your scripture and see how you parted the Red Sea. He brought water out of a rock, God. Manna from heaven, Lord God. God, let them see how you've done all of these things, Lord. That they have no reason to fear but to look to you in all things. And that you work all things for our good and to your glory, even things that we don't understand like viruses. God, I pray for my brother and sister here, Lord. That you open up doors of opportunity, God, where they go to share your word, your truth, and that people will be open, that you will open eyes to receive it, 
and that another soul is rejoicing with us. You're a good God. May the world and the nation see that. God, use this situation for your glory, for your namesake, Lord God. Use this situation, God, this virus, Lord, to glorify your name by showing people that it is you that they need to look into. Oh God, show the nation, Lord God, that they do not need to trust in themselves and men. That modern medicine will fail them. That it is only you by your grace to, that even allows modern medicine to work. Draw our eyes, God, our nation, Lord, towards you, God. 